Support for Need to Know comes from the Carnegie Corporation of New York, supporting innovation in education, democratic engagement, and the advancement of international peace and security. Learn more at Carnegie.org. Welcome to the Need to Know podcast from the Wilson Center, a podcast for policymakers available to everyone. Always informative, nonpartisan, and relevant, we go beyond the headlines to understand the trend lines in foreign policy. Welcome back to another episode of Need to Know. I'm your host, John Molesky. My guest today is Kelly Wicker. Kelly is director of the Science and Technology Innovation Program at the Wilson Center. She joins us to discuss a topic that's the ultimate double-edged sword. A quick online search of headlines about advances in artificial intelligence reveals a range of possibilities, including everything from a golden age of medical breakthroughs to what I call the Terminator scenario. You know, the one where all the machines kill, kill all of us on planet Earth. So tech leaders are paying attention. They're speaking up and policymakers are certainly paying attention as well. At their recent meeting, G7 leaders call for the formulation of what they call guardrails around the development of AI. And this week, the Biden administration announced new efforts that include plans to seek public input, a report on opportunities in uh, related to AI and education, and also what they're calling a roadmap to focus federal investments in AI research and development. So, Kelly, we have no shortage of things to talk about. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me, John. A pleasure, as always. And let's begin with uh, your recent experiences on Capitol Hill. I know you've been involved in multiple sessions there. Uh, tell us about the one that featured a leading voice from the tech world. Yeah, we were thrilled to be able to participate in um, bringing Sam Altman, OpenAI CEO, to um, talk with Congress. And obviously, this was separate from the testimonies he was giving to various committees, but um, it was just a really great open session where he got to answer a lot of questions. And for me, it was really great to hear some of these things directly from him. Um, you know, you see what he has to say in the news a lot and on Open's blog, but, and, you know, it's different to actually be able to talk to someone. Yeah, and what, what did the questions reveal? Where are the heads of people on the Hill? Well, you know, kind of, they ran the gamut. We, we talked about things all the way from cybersecurity to workforce impacts to um, are the killer robots going to come and kill us all? <laughs> and, um, you know, I think it's it's important to be able to look at both the short-term impacts of AI. What are we going to do about the impacts on the workforce immediately? How does this change cybersecurity threats, but also our defense? Um, but also to look long-term, and I don't mean the Terminator scenario where Skynet uh, comes alive and decides that we're all extraneous. I mean, um, as intelligence develops in these systems, as they become more and more capable, what are we willing to allow? What are we not willing to allow? And um, do we need to prepare for a, a scenario in which there is a super intelligence, a, a system that is more capable than any human? How do we properly steward a system that we're not smarter than? Uh, that's a good question, and I think we should answer it before we need to answer it. <laughs> well, well, exactly, under duress. Uh, Sam Altman, would you characterize his position on this? Because we're starting to see these camps develop where people are out there uh, uh, ringing the warning bell, and then there are others who are touting all of the amazing things that it's going to do to enhance our lives. Where did Altman fall in that range? You know, I think he kind of is in both camps, and that's I know that's kind of a cheating answer, but um, OpenAI recently actually published a really interesting post talking about 
super intelligence and what they see as um, what needs to happen down the road before we get to this point. How do we prepare for super intelligence? How do we talk about this question? Um, but then you also see open AI and especially Sam as its, as its head talking about these immediate things. How do we invest in research and development? How do we invest in the workforce? What do these companies need in terms of guidance for how they can operate in uh, the economy of today, not the economy of 10 years from now? Um, so I, I wouldn't call him alarmist. I think he he's looking long term. He's looking at a version of these programs that you could equate with Skynet. But he's also looking at the now. So uh, yesterday, at the time of our recording, the White House made this major announcement about uh, various aspects of AI, including their their roadmap of how to look at investment and development. Uh, I'm sure you've had a chance to take a quick look at it. Probably haven't digested all of it yet, but give us at least your initial reactions to what the White House released. I find the whole thing really heartening, actually. You know, the Biden administration has been really on point in terms of trying to establish some some guidance from the top down. It's really important mm -hmm. to set the standards, to set the values. We already had the AI Bill of Rights. We've had uh, things like the National AI Research Resource being set up. So there's been this leadership from the top, which is key for what is a, a society changing technology. And these announcements were more of that, but focusing in more specifically. What I was really excited to see was a focus on workforce, retraining our workforce um, and helping them grapple with these technologies, not just what's going to happen to me, but also how can I use AI in my everyday job? There was a lot of things in there talking about preparing people to use AI. Um, people talk about it's not that AI will take your job. It's people using AI. They will take your job. So how can you become one of those people? Um, and then there was also a lot in there about education beyond workforce, workforce retraining. How do we prepare a tech workforce um, for the future? But also, how do we make sure that we're preparing to continue to push this technology and grow it? Um, you know, there's sometimes a desire to look at this only in the framework of, like, how are we keeping up with China? Um, but the United States has long been a leader in artificial intelligence, and it's important that we maintain that. And sometimes, um, you know, their R&D investment... Um, it used to be that AI advancements were coming out of the government and academia, and as our investments declined and industries rose, that momentum shifted to industry, which is not a bad thing. But I think it's still important for the government to invest in R&D more broadly and let people push into areas that may not be lucrative right now, but that could turn into something really lucrative, or that just help protect us, that, that um, produces smart people doing smart things. Um, and then finally, the last thing that I really liked to see out of this was talking more about safety and security, you know, building, how, how are we going to measure these systems? How will we test them? Who's going to test them? Uh, do we have test beds where we can test them? And part of that, in my opinion, what is a big part of safety and security is the democratization of AI. And when I talk about that, I'm not just talking about, do you have the access to use it? which goes back to some of those workforce things we were talking about. Do you know how to use this in your job? But also, do you have access to the models, to the data, to the computing power? Are we addressing these concerns about the proprietary data in these sets? This plan does those things. It's investing in open source. It's investing in good data sets that can be trusted, that don't have these uh, ownership concerns. That's all incredibly important. And those are questions we didn't have resolved 
And I love that we're seeing that they're, they're thinking about that. That's a good thing. Yeah. Does there need to be, you know, I'm thinking in terms of focus, you know, you look at something like the Manhattan Project, right, where you're bringing all the best minds together. And you mentioned the fact that we've seen a shift more to the private sector. It all feels a little bit diffuse. And I wonder, is there any scenario where there is some, uh, you know, a geographic hub or, or, or ge- uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, gravitational hub that brings all of this together where the discussions are held. So whether that's a government agency, you know, a senator has said the equivalent of the FDA and what it does for food and drugs, something for AI and tech. What are your thoughts on this? Is, is the discussion focused enough or is it incoherent and often diffuse in all different directions? I mean, I, I love the idea of a Manhattan Project for AI, and that's one of the things I like about all this R&D investment that um, the Biden administration is talking about now. I'm not so sold on the concept of a separate regulatory agency for AI. I see a lot of advantages where you can um, pool the talent in one place, and you know, when you have a question, it's very obvious where to go to get uh, clarity on it. But at the same time, I think you know we, we do risk creating yet another underfunded government agency with a large mandate that it's not really equipped to discuss. Mm-hmm. So in terms of coalescing a big push behind R&D, yes. In terms of coalescing the regulatory authority, I'm just not sure that we know that that's the right approach. We may find out soon. I think that's the way Canada is heading um, and Europe. And so you know if, if they move before we move, We'll get to watch them and see how it goes. Um, but I think there's there um, the FTC and the FCC both have made some convincing cases that they are already built to um, address the questions that AI has brought up, uh-huh. um, and that they just need the funding and the mandate to do it. And I think that sounds like a promising avenue to pursue. So our friends on Capitol Hill, whether they be members of Congress or their staffs or the people who are working on this and considering options when it comes to regulation. Uh, where can they turn for the best information? Uh, you know, when, when you when you look at this and you're trying to not go down the rabbit hole of the Terminator scenario and you're trying to look at it in the broadest sense and consider all the various possibilities, could you share with us and for our listeners and for those who listen on the Hill uh, some thoughts on where you can find the best, most up-to-date, most balanced information? When it comes to AI information, I mean, there is, there's a lot of noise in the field. It's very clickbaity, very sexy topic. Um, and it can be hard, like you said, to know where to look. I like pure tech journalism, the, the outlets that, um, that are built for this. Um, there's a lot of, there's, it runs the gamut. You've got like TechCrunch and Wired that are really built for people, even from a layman understanding, to get into these things. You've got some of the more, um, you know, dig deep and question everything types like the intercept, um, the markup. Um, I think all of those uh, very tech focused publications are built to answer your questions in a way that's digestible, but also bringing with them a really deep technical background that lets you know that they're not likely to get sucked into these, uh, you know, misunderstandings of what AI is and what it is not. Um, and so I, I love those. I also um, really love um, AI Twitter is great. And uh, those people all tend to have sub stacks. And so people smarter than me read all the same news as me and they digest it and uh, they make it make sense. And so that's um, it's always good to to see a diversity of viewpoints, um, not, you know, really dig in on any one person's version of what this is, but to be able to to uh, 
assimilate a lot of this information and, and chew on it and think for yourself about what it means. Um, but then, you know, I think the, the major, the traditional media publications that are covering this are obviously doing a wonderful job. So um, I would go tech journalism first, though. That's, this is what they're built for. Trust them. Yeah. Okay. So listen, this, this topic is so important and so complex that our 10 minute format for need to know isn't going to do it justice in one episode. So that means we'll have you back to talk about it again. But, but before we close, I want you to do a little plug for us. Tell us about SIP's plans related to AI and how this is becoming increasingly a part of your focus and work. So what we're doing right now and what we've been doing since 2018 is working to provide education for Congress um, and for their staff to make sure that Congress is ready for the moment that we're in now. Um, What we want to keep doing is that continue expanding how we can educate and train Congress for smarter, better, faster policy. Um, But what we also want to do is start talking more about AI, how it touches the rest of our portfolio. So AI and cybersecurity. AI and open source, AI and space, Um, looking at it not just by itself, but as part of a holistic tech ecosystem. There's so much cool stuff to talk about. Um, And that's what we hope to be doing uh, with some more convenings, more publications to help people understand. One thing that's more uh, coming up soon, we will be releasing some new interactives to help people understand AI by playing with it. So um, interactives or games that help you look at what is a neural network and also how does bias work in an an AI model and how can we counter it? Um, Fundamental stuff, but it's good to get the fundamentals and it's good to play with it in a way that makes you think uh, differently than just reading uh, explainer on it. So those are coming out hopefully this year and we're really excited about it. Those will be public on our website. Great, terrific stuff. And I'm glad your menu didn't include AI for hosting vodcasts. I want to keep my job for at least now. Thanks, Kelly. We appreciate all of that. And for more information on Kelly's work and STIP, you can visit wilsoncenter.org, where all of that amazing stuff she talked about will be coming soon. That's also where you'll find more information on this podcast and many more and other valuable content from the Wilson Center. So that's all for this edition of Need to Know. Until next time, for all of us at the Wilson Center, I'm John Molesky. Thanks for your time and interest. 